right, hello, my lovely people. Good afternoon or good evening, depending on when you're actually going to be tuning into this, my butterflies, my lovely transformers who are all in the midst of going through some type of transformation process. Whatever that looks like for you, it doesn't even matter. Just know that I am proud of you. I'm happy that you're doing the work. I'm proud of you who especially continue to tune into the podcast to see exactly, you know, what's going on and to see what it is Coach V can help you with this time around. I know I'm all about helping women um, just become better, be better, and do what it needs to be done here in this single season because my goal is to ensure that your single season doesn't last but for so long, okay? Of course, it is me, Coach V, and welcome to my Freedom Reigns podcast. I'm all about helping my marriage-minded Christians uncover freedom in order to date wisely and so that they can win at love, okay? As the self-proclaimed new love strategist, I primarily assist single black women with becoming whole, developing self-love and renewing their hearts and then preparing them with the intentional dating, the dating skills, I'm sorry, that are necessary to win at Kingdom Love. Of course, if you do not know, I am a life dating and relationship coach. I'm also an online dating consultant with New Thing Life Coaching, where I will help you with healing, tending to the past, unpacking your love box so that you can get out of your own way, successfully date and build a new love language. Really quick, as far as new news is concerned, Currently, um, of course, enrollment is open for Dwell 2. That is a four-day Bible study that is really just all about helping you love God better as a single woman. I did the Dwell study last year where, you know, I kind of gave five tips on how to dwell. But now I just kind of really want to go deeper when it comes to dwelling in God's love. So I want to show you what having a deeper relationship with God looks like in this season. Because obviously right now, this is going to be the most important relationship that you have. Even if you are dating, even if you are in a relationship, you know, especially for those who have children, the whole nine, right now, your relationship with God is what is going to affect every single thing else that is going on in your life. It is going to affect all of your relationships and loving him better is going to lead to a better you. It's going to help you love yourself better. And it is then going to pour into all of your relationships so that you can have mutually beneficial relationships. So Enrollment is open for that. It unlocks on Monday. And then coming up is going to be Maximize. I'm super excited about that. And I see that you all are excited about that one as well. That is the personal development boot camp for black women. All right. We are really just going to be going deep. I'm going to be doing seven days, seven trainings, seven different challenges in order to really help you master your singleness and helping you to become better so that you can win at love. But right now, there are some things that I really want to be kind of quick and fast paced when it comes to helping women in certain key areas. And I'm excited about that. It is going to be phenomenal, a little intense, but it is considered a boot camp after all. But I promise you'll survive. You'll be happy. You'll be excited that you even got the strength and the training from that um, as you go through your little refining process. So dwell to and maximize. You can get information about both of those at bit.ly forward slash NTLC classes. All one word, all lowercase NTLC classes. You see it all there. So can we talk? All right. Freedom reigns. All right. I am a Christian coach for Christian women. All right. Let me just go ahead and make it clear. I go to church. I love church. I'm even the founder of Reach Online Church. Okay. But there is something I realize that goes on in the church that has some of you confused, um, annoyed, 
perhaps even a little bit frustrated. And what it is, is the countless instructions and directions that are tossed to us women. Like, how come we always being chastised about something? Like, how come we're always being told what it is we need to do, what it is we need to stop doing, and why women are single, and how to dress, how to act, you need to smile more. Your husband might be in the church. Single ladies, raise your hand. You know, stop being picky. Date a man that can da-da-da-da-da, and stop dating. Like, all of these different things, and we're not even going to mention the endless amounts of books, conferences, events, etc., that are all lined up for women, especially single women. Go deeper, I'll just say especially single Christian women. So I want to talk about why the church always has a word for single women. All right. I want to talk about that. Then I want to also just kind of go into like, you know, is it necessary? Why that is and just a way that we can actually change the way that we, well, I've already, you know, not to be funny, but I've already kind of like worked on that. So it really doesn't bother me as much now, but just a way that you can also just kind of spin it in your favor and just to not be so upset about that. If you're listening and tuning in, it's probably because you saw the title and it was something that you really wanted to get some information on. So I got you as far as that is concerned. Because again, realizing that the church always has a word a lot of times for women who are not married, but not as much for the men, right? Like, I don't know if you've noticed that not as much is said to them. They're not given as many directions and tips and chastisement and all that other good stuff. And it makes me think of like that old saying, like boys will be boys. I forgot exactly, um, you know, where that came from and how it started, but I'm sure it's something that you've definitely heard before. And what it's really used to do, it's like that phrase is used to indicate that it's really not surprising, um, out of the ordinary or unusual, whenever males behave in an energetic, rough, or even improper manner. A lot of times it's as if men just kind of get free passes. They don't really get told what to do, that we should just expect certain things from them. But ladies, again, we're told what to do, what not to do, how to get a man, how to do this, how not to do that. Don't do this. Make sure you do this. Change the way y'all do this. Like I see a lot of posts about it. And again, being honest, because yes, I am someone who is a coach for you know, these women or whatever as well. And again, also, I'll be honest, as I've been before, being in this industry, I do know that Christian singles, it is a multi-million dollar industry. At this point, truth be told, I believe it's a multi-billion dollar industry. Um, I feel like what we are seeing is that desire um, for companionship. Like, it really is there. So women are willing to spend the money in order to get what it is they ultimately want. I remember when a survey was even done, you know, asking men and women why it is they wanted to get married. Men responded, the, the large majority of men responded saying they wanted to get married because they wanted someone to love. Which, and I thought that that was actually pretty cool seeing as how that is like the one instruction that men are typically given in the Bible. Like husbands are repeatedly told to love their wives as Christ loves the church. And then, of course, when women were interviewed and asked the same question, why do they want to get married? Their thing was companionship. At the end of the day, just having someone, you know, just to be with, to just kind of do life with. And I found that to be interesting because I see that that is a large reason why many women end up um, staying in relationships way past the expiration date, as I always say, is why they will sometimes tend to go back to an ex, respond to a hey, big head text, give somebody a chance or, you know, date down a little bit, whatever the case might be. And a lot of times it's because of that need for companionship. And of course, when there are other, you know, issues that I'm not going to go into today, 
But when there are other issues that are present, you know, if there's daddy issues or abandonment issues and rejection issues, low self-esteem, it definitely leads to women, uh, you know, tending to settle, you know, or again, stick with someone who's really not that great for them, um, even if it is a relationship that is toxic, right, or even abusive. And I want to talk, you know, just about some of the uh, basic needs that women have as well. I'm going to go through that a little bit later as well. So... I know that some of you are probably, again, just like me, sick of hearing, you know, boys will be boys and a lot of excuses for men, but we're going to get into all of that. As far as the church, you know, when it comes to handling all of this, if we can be honest, even as we read the Bible and we see a lot of the scriptures, there are more directions and instructions for wives and then there are less for husbands. Now, of course, in general, right, we see that the Bible has different things as far as Christian living. Like even a lot of the Pauline letters, they're about Christian living in general. So those are a little bit more generalized and you know, they're not really uh, pointing out men or women, right? And I looked into this, you know, in order to make sure that I was accurate with that. And not only are there more for wives, matter of fact, there are only a handful for men. Like out of all the different things that we see as far as wives and women, there are only a handful for men. And when it comes to especially husbands and even those ones, they talk about, you know, providing for your family. Right. And even that one um, in Timothy, it's really as an elder or a member of the church. There are scriptures telling husbands to love your wife, um, you know, giving honor and treating her with understanding and being considerate. That's about it. But then wives are told to submit how to dress, you know, raising of the children, etc. Like we even see like the whole uh, passage, even in Proverbs 31, you know, about, you know, the way that women should be, or, you know, the kind of woman that a virtuous woman is. And granted, that is a passage that is really for men telling men that that is the kind of woman that they should look for and make a wife. But it's like, it's still an instruction in essence for us, right? Like, because single women, we see that and we feel the need to emulate that as we should because again that also ties to you know he who finds a wife in proverbs 18 when it's talking about a wife it is actually referring to a good woman a woman who is worthy of marrying in the godly sense and then it's like it ties into the virtuous woman and saying hey men if you come across a woman like that that is the kind of woman that you should absolutely marry so we see all of those different things in the bible even in a lot of the stories we see the hard work of the women in situations and in households etc and then we see men in the bible almost like being the poster child for boys will be boys we see the way that a lot of those men you know just kind of behaved and did things in the bible and it was like man it seems like even god was giving the men a free pass but it's like women do this don't do this da 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 da, da. like why do we get spoken to why do we get directed? Why are we always being instructed in some way, right? So I feel like we can't forget a crucial part of history. And when I say history, I'm talking about his story. We're talking about biblically looking at our spiritual DNA. It goes back all the way to the beginning. Like we really do have to factor Eve into this, okay? Like I don't know if you've realized, but of course when you know, with reading the Bible and everything, we were never meant to die, okay? Like the Bible even states that, like that wasn't God's plan for us. But then of course, what we saw in Genesis was that Eve disobeyed, right? You know, she ended up eating the fruit. And then it also led to her husband doing the same thing. So it's like, boom, sin is now introduced. 
And it's like, now we have sin in the picture, like Satan is rejoicing because that's what, you know, he set out to do anyway. They ate the fruit. They got kicked out of the garden. The world goes mad, right? It talks about, you know, God's anger. And of course, we do know that ultimately what Christianity is based around is knowing that God sent his son for us, like to save us, okay? But it all starts back to the beginning there in the garden with Eve. At the end of the day, like it was tied to disobedience. And we know that at the end of the day, like one, that is like one of those things that like we needs to be reminded sometimes of like different things to obey. Like if you end up finding yourself on a path of disobedience and it's interesting because when we think about the story, okay, like Eve was created by God. Like when you are created by God, we know that everything that God makes, everything that God creates, it is good. So it's like she was perfectly made by God. She was sculpted. She was a ready woman. But what we see is that she allowed the enemy to get her off course, okay? Because we know that at the end of the day, Christian marriages are gonna show a man submitted to God, the woman submitted to the man, and of course, all of that pours into raising godly children and the way that the household and everything is gonna be run. So right now, when we have single women who are out here, you know, uncovered. Yeah, you might be a Christian, but, you know, depending on, you know, where you are in your walk, depending on, you know, your reading of the Bible and the scriptures and actually having that conviction um, and even the chastisement and the discipline, yes, from our holy, you know, our heavenly father, we end up getting to a point of, um, we end up, I don't know how to word that, but we end up getting to a point like we just have, we have all of these different things that end up being spoken to us at the end of the day and what ends up happening as well is that the enemy if we are not fully dwelling in god's love if we are not really spending that time and doing what needs to be done this is where the enemy gets busy this is where the enemy can come in and do certain things that can have us thinking like god has forgotten about us that god does not care about our desires our love life well okay the bible says he's going to give me the desires of my heart why is it not working with this man i'm trying to date him i'm praying over him god's not answering me i see that god is you know throwing out husbands to everybody else but i'm still over here single what is going on and we have all of these tactics that the enemy uses such as loneliness low self-esteem many different things that'll cause us to compromise things that'll cause us to kind of like toss a lot of our values out the window because again we are uncovered in a sense and especially if it's to the point where you're desiring a man so badly where you can end up making anybody that you date you end up making that man your god you can end up idolizing a man to the point where you're submitted to the idea of even becoming a wife and you're not even a wife but then forgetting about being obedient and even submitting to god in this season so ultimately, we know that 1 Peter 3, it refers to us as the weaker vessels, right? And because it was woman that led to sin, that is the reason why we are considered weaker vessels. And even, you know, it's crazy because like Adam himself was kind of like, God, it's the woman that you gave me. I was fine without her. So it's like even he ended up throwing Eve under the bus. But because of that disobedience, because of her allowing Satan to come in and get her off course, it's why women were the weaker vessel because sin was introduced through a woman like us. We see in the word the countless reminders for us. And I believe it's why the church perhaps even follows suit, to be completely honest. And I don't think we should be upset by this, though. I think while it shows that we were the weaker partner, there's still a strength that we possess that we as women, we often forget about. Yes, it says weaker vessel, person, partner, whatever, but, well, I don't mean to say whatever about the word of God, my bad. 
Um, but it goes on to say that we are equal. We are equal partners in God's gift of new life, that we are to be respected, that we are to be treated with understanding, that we should be treated well so that the husband's prayers should not be hindered. So it's frustrating to hear the things, you know, that we need to do, I know. And it's like I said, not as much as said to the men, especially when Adam ate the fruit also. David had Uriah killed because he had already slept with the man's wife. Like, they ain't got her pregnant. Nabal, you know, he didn't want to look out for David. And it was his wife that had to step in and do something about that situation. And then Nabal died and David took the wife. We saw that Solomon, who was considered the wisest man, how he became a fool and had a little bit of a weakness for, you know, women and then idolatry and stuff like that. Moses kept talking back and was afraid. Like, how are you literally, a lot of times, like, we today... We think that we hear from God. It's like, I think God is calling me to do this. I think God is telling. And we'll pray for confirmation. Moses, you literally were like there at the burning, but like you were in the presence of God. Like you knew it was him. But yet he kept talking back and was afraid. Gideon, in the book of Judges, he needed confirmation after confirmation. Abraham was faithful. Yeah, we know that. But dude had the family just homeless and just wandering out there. Like it just going wherever God was calling him to go. So it's funny that we have all of these things directed to us. And I'm like, but look at how the men in the Bible were cutting up. Boys will be boys. But here's the thing I would dare you to realize. And I, I want you to understand, as I always say, power of she, the power of she. And one of three mistakes that I see single Christian women make is power abandonment. And I even have a class in New Heart Academy and it's called Power of She because a whole lesson is needed on it. But y'all are going to get the cliff notes since y'all aren't paying for this. All right. <laughs> but you have power and I don't want you to abandon it in this season because I know while it's like, oh, why are these different things for women? Da, 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 da. You can literally use your power. Like you can flip it and you can use your power to help you win at love or really to do anything. Now, when you think about what power is, even by definition, let me let me give this definition right here. Power is the capacity or ability to direct or influence either the behavior of others or the course of events. Right. So I always talk about, you know, like how John 10, 10, it says that, you know, the enemy is out to steal, kill and destroy. You got to understand this includes your identity and your power. Because someone can only steal something that belongs to you. They can only steal something that does not belong to them. So the enemy also wants to steal, kill, and destroy your power as well. And it's why a lot of you feel less than, you feel unloved, you feel unwanted, frustrated, forgotten. Okay? And Satan, of course, now he delights in knowing that a lot of women are just out there single. And again, knowing that it's something that you desire, because of course he has access to your conversations, you know, and yeah, a lot of the prayers and things that you might say out loud, he now is privy to that information. And again, he will use loneliness amongst other things as a tactic. He wants women, single women, especially. Um, and again, as we know, it's not just single women because we see that here it is. He did the same thing to Eve, but he wants women to be defeated, saddened, questioning their worth, questioning their value. He wants you to be powerless at the end of the day. That is what he wants. But then when you think about it, it says, you know, uh, in second Timothy, like how he has not given us the spirit of fear, but it says that he, his spirit gives us power. And like I said, a lot of times I hear that scripture and it's always someone, you know, kind of using it to like combat fear, which is cool. But that scripture also says that his spirit gives us power. And a lot of you have forgotten the power that you possess. 
And I see how it can happen again because I know daddy issues is a real thing. Abandonment issues, real thing. Rejection sensitivity, real thing. Low self-esteem, it plagues a lot of you. And then a lot of women, because of those things, it has you wanting a husband so that you can have that companionship, having someone to stay, and then wanting that man who was going to um, you know, give you the love that you never got. So this is when a lot of women get to the point of doing certain things to make a man stay or wanting that man to choose her or whatever the case might be. But you have to understand, you have to realize you have the power to create your own reality. I say this all the time. I make sure my clients understand this. You literally have the power to create your reality. You have the power to attract a man that you desire. You literally have the power to change your love life. I say as well, you have the power to obtain everything that God intends for you to have. And for a lot of you, I bet that what God wants you to have, it's a whole lot more than what you are willing to settle for. A whole lot more than what it is you're willing to settle for because you're tired and you're frustrated. But I love when Isaiah talks about how he gives strength to the weary and he increases the power of the weak. So I want to ensure that you are aware of your power and that you know how to use it. When I, again, going back to Nabal, when I think about how Abigail, she used her power without being domineering. Like she was simply who she was created to be, like a woman, okay? And I always tell women as well, like you power of she, you have to access your assets, okay? We're not gonna focus on the church telling us all these different things and you know what men are out here doing. Use your power and access your assets, okay? And I, I've said before, when I talk about accessing your assets, the story of the prodigal son, right? We, a lot of times we focus a lot on him and what he did, but we don't really talk about the other son as much. And through Reach Online Church and through the Reach and Teach podcast, I did a Bible study on this called The Other Son because I wanted to take the focus away from the prodigal son and try to look at that story in a different light. So let me go to this. When you think about the word access, it means to approach or enter. It means to obtain. It means to examine or retrieve. And we see countless scriptures in the Bible, right, about accessing the blessings, entering his presence, obtaining the desires of our hearts, all of that. Now, the other son... He made a big deal of what it is that his father didn't give him, right? Oh, you're going through all of this. He's the one who left and you're throwing a party and I've been here all of this time. But he literally had access to everything the father had. The father's like, yeah, but you've been here. All of this is yours. And I think that's where a lot of you are kind of at. You get frustrated with what's being done for other women and how, you know, men aren't being told this and you've been working on doing this and trying at this, but God is not coming through for you. But yet you have the power you have the ability to direct or influence the behavior of others or the course of events, right? In order to access your assets so that you can win at kingdom love, so that you can receive an inheritance, so that you can be blessed, right? And as I've said before, I don't believe a husband is a blessing in the way that singles today make it because a lot of times loneliness will have you feeling incomplete and less than if you are not married and like God is just you know, tossing out husbands like Skittles to everybody else, but you're over here trying to figure out where's yours. But so while I don't see it as a blessing in that way, I do believe that there are unions and connections and marriages that are prosperous. They are blessed. They are just absolutely God ordained. They are beautiful and they are worthy like the whole nine. So I know what it is that God can do through 
couples and through relationships, through marriages. And I want you to have that, okay? I want you to experience that. But you have to also like ensure that you're ready for what it is you're desiring. Proverbs talks about an inheritance that is obtained too early in life is not a blessing in the end. So you don't wanna go rushing anything, but it's really just you saying, okay, yes, I'm a woman, but I have power at the end of the day. Like even Jesus, he reminded us that all power and authority have been given to him, right? He also talks about how we have the power to bind and loose what we bind in heaven, we bind on earth, what we loose in heaven, we loose in earth. And in Romans, right, we learn that we are co-heirs of Christ, meaning whatever it is that has been left to him has also been left to us. So if he says that the power and authority have been given to him, guess what? That means power and authority has been given to you as well. You get to use your power. You get to use it to, you know, bind up all the negative things about yourself, the men you attract, you know, changing the things that you've spoken over self, over yourself. You get to use your power to loose a whole lot of amazing things that are stored up in heaven for you. You have power as a woman of God that can literally get what you want from an amazing man simply based on who you are. You possess a lot of power. The thing is that a lot of you just don't know how to use it. You abandon it or you use it for the wrong reasons or the wrong way. And you have to remember that worldly ways get worldly results at the end of the day. Worldly ways will get you worldly results. And a lot of women also, let me say this, they really don't understand men. And I've admitted myself, right? Like it took me becoming a dating and relationship coach to even get right in this area. So you have to understand men because while the church is always talking to us, I want to let y'all know the secrets that they don't even tell tell women about men because there are key differences between us and them. Like I also went in depth. Um, there's a course in my 12 week academy in New Heart Academy called Makings of a Man. Like that academy is lit. All right. Like if you have never been in, you need to consider it um, when the next enrollment. Like because that it has so much in there. Now, as it comes to the church, again, like I said, we sometimes we need a little bit more instruction. I know men are not perfect. Okay. Don't get me wrong. Men need books. They need conferences. They need to be called out. They need all of that. But it's us that has the power to change trajectories. The Bible even shows how, first of all, the Bible even says, there's even a scripture that, if I want to say it's 1 Peter 3, that even talks about how we can win them over. Like that is showing even the power that we have as women, right? But then look at all the changes that happened when, Abigail and Delilah, you know, and other women tapped into their power. So again, you have power. The question is whether you're going to use it for good or evil. But, and I'm not trying to, you know, like sound like, you know, witchcraft or like no magic formula, nothing like that. But I just always want my clients to understand, like you literally, you can get men to do so much. But another issue is when we put too much focus and emphasis on using our power on the wrong men because now what I see women okay well I got, I'm gonna do this and, I'm, and they'll end up you know wanting to try to you know get the man that's like aren't like the men that aren't even in church the the men who know nothing about a good godly woman hello and I'm just like why are you wasting all of your time energy effort and power on that man 
So in that case, I see why, where some of these instructions come from, because a lot of times, yes, like I said, power abandonment, we have power, but a lot of women also don't realize, like, you got to tap into what God wants for you, who you really are, who you, who he created you to be. You have to understand the purpose that he has for your life, the calling for your life. You have to know your strengths, your weaknesses, your spiritual gifts that he's equipped you with, because when you know all of those things, it will also cause you to date better. It is going to help you actually date more successfully because then you're going to say, okay, I got a vision now. I actually have a vision. I know the kind of man that I need to be with. So then it's going to be like, okay, all those instructions that pastor has given up there in church, those don't apply to me because I'm not that woman anymore. I don't make those mistakes anymore. I know who I am. I know the kind of man I deserve and desire. And it is what it is at the end of the day. But I want you to realize that there are some main differences between the sexes, like, first of all, we really are more complex while men are a little bit more basic. I've said that before. And it's just that I feel like we as women, we expect our complexities to either apply to men or for it to make sense to them. And it's, and it doesn't like most men are just never going to understand women, like understand women. Now, of course, you know, being in a relationship after all, like, yeah, they should, you know, obviously understand and know their partner. But in general, like, Men look at women as like them just kind of flipping through a, a geometry book or a trigonometry book, and, but they're an English major. It does not make sense to them. So a lot of times as women, we take the wrong methods into things, not realizing how simple things really are at the end of the day. We have the keys and the power. You just have to tap in and access them. Men are different. They are wired different. They have different needs. They don't think the way that we think. And again, I know a lot of other coaches today, you know, coaches for women, they teach on femininity and high value this and whatever else and high achieving, whatever. But I knew in order to truly help my clients attract the MVPs, as I call them, the most valuable potentials, I needed to understand both sexes. So I ensured that when it came to dating coaching, I got training from a male instructor. When I did my relationship coaching, I ensured that I actually went to a couple, a man and a woman, who together I can get my proper certifications from them. I ensured that even over the past several years, I've taken the time to literally interview countless men. I ask questions, I pay attention, I see how they carry and they conduct themselves, I see how they are in relationships. I have no problems you know, having and striking up like random conversation with men just to better understand because I feel like it is only between my experience, expertise, profession, et cetera, that will all help me help women with understanding men so that so that women know like, okay, this is how to like catch a man's attention, keep the attention, have a man fall head over heels in love with them. Again, all a part of using your power. Now, I will admit it's not always been easy for me to follow this. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all know my stories. Like I've screwed up a lot. I There are definitely things that I've screwed, even when I've known. But again, I also had like my own heart issues with certain things. And even now, you know, it's like, I know my guy, he kind of looks at me like, okay. But it's literally like, I have to renew my mind every day. So y'all just going to keep praying for me. But let me just say this, okay? Some of the key differences that we also have to take into consideration. And like I said, pastor don't share these things, but I'm going to tell y'all these, Okay. Because women, we get talked to, but it's because a lot of people don't share the secrets about men. Men are more logical, they're more analytical, they are more rational at the end of the day. Whereas we as women, we are a lot of times, we are more intuitive, intuitive, we are holistic, we are creative, we are integrative. Men, 
they are not as great when it comes to relating to their own feelings, if you've realized. Like, sometimes they just, they don't know how to relate to them. They don't know how to explain it. They don't know how to express it. Whatever, they are just very basic, even with a lot of the emotions they have. And then men also sometimes, they panic a little bit and even feel a little bit threatened sometimes by the expression of feelings in their presence. So it's like when sometimes women, we can get a little highly emotional and sending long paragraphs of you know, what it is we're feeling or how we feel or whatever else, they don't know, like that, that is a threat to them. And it was even say like a woman who was crying It actually a study was done that showed that it affects a man the same way as like a newborn baby crying for them. It's like they're holding the baby out, arms outstretched, like, okay, what am I supposed to do with this? And again, this is generally speaking, because again, yes, you do have some men who are very in tune emotionally speaking but typically that is not the case okay so a lot of times when we get all highly emotional around them like this can cause them to react by withdrawing or attempting to control the situation through a display of either control and or power something that a lot of people don't realize and i was talking to a woman about this um just a couple of days ago men are actually a little bit more vulnerable and dependent on relationships than we realize and truth be told, they're actually a little bit more dependent on these relationships um, than women. And they are even more devastated by the relationships ending than women are. And I know a lot of women are like, that's a lie. Because we've all gone through like a breakup or whatever. But if we're honest, a lot of us, we're grieving the idea of who we thought somebody was. It wasn't even necessarily the relationship because a lot of us will see the red flags and ignore them. But truth be told, men actually deal with breakups worse it's just that we are sometimes because we are more emotional we show it a little bit more and the thing is well is that we always have like more friends right we have greater support systems and now there's facebook groups and everything like that and we have no problems being honest and we'll take all of that to our support systems whereas men a lot of time they have fewer friends right and they have you know they don't have like the sources of emotional support that we have and I know a lady, she was trying to figure out, okay, like, I'm so hurt. Like, yeah, we're over, but he's already with another woman. Like, how can that be? I'm like, because men, when a relationship ends, they depend on that relationship. So for them, they don't like the idea of being alone or single or whatever. For them, it's like, okay, I got I to gotta get somebody else. And a lot of times it's they want to get somebody else, but they don't even really want, because they don't want to, like, face the feelings that they have because of the last relationship ending. Women are in touch with a much wider range of feelings than men are. And the intensity of those feelings is a lot of times much greater for women than it is for men at the end of the day. Whereas men are more at ease with their own angry feelings. Like for them, you know, if they're feeling anger or whatever else, a lot of times we don't like that, right? And because of all of these different feelings, men end up perceiving the woman's feelings and thinking, okay, they, you're moodier. You, you, you change so quickly. How... And for them, it's like, okay, you were just this way. And I don't know where this is coming from. So, of course, men end up seeing this as being irrational and difficult to under understand. But it makes complete sense to us how we can go from zero to 60 and how, you know, something ends up bothering us. Men tend to be more functional and approaching problem solving. We are more aesthetically oriented in addition to being functional. We tend to be much more sensitive to sounds and smells than men are. And we also tend to place a greater emphasis on like our atmosphere and environment and things like that. So those are some key differences, but I can also go into the basic needs. As humans, our most basic relationship need is unconditional acceptance. Like that is like the groundwork for a stronger relationship. Like we wanna be unconditionally accepted. But now if we look at men versus women, 
our most basic needs as women, it's love and attention. Everything that a woman says, everything that a woman does, it is for love and to get attention. Okay. And it's like, it makes sense when you think about it, because it's like, we see in the Bible, Peter and Paul were both telling husbands to provide this because that is what we need. We need love. We need attention. So this is why it's also important to know what love is, what it looks like and what it isn't so that you can date intentionally. Because however a man treats you when dating, it should only get better in a marriage. I always say never date someone in hopes that the negative things are going to change. Not at all. So as women, we thrive off of connections and relationships. But for men, their most basic needs are respect and freedom. They want to be respected. And as a man, yes, I always say this includes stroking their ego and showing that they're, that they're needed. And then their thing is freedom. And when I say freedom, I've explained this before. I don't mean freedom as in the ability to do whatever it is that they want to do. But a lot of times men, they are stressed in relationships where they are being controlled, where they always have to check in. Like this is why a lot of men end up getting married even later in life. Because they, a lot of times, they view marriage as the old ball and chain. So especially, again, if they're in a relationship with someone who's a little bit more controlling or whatever else. But then on the flip side, you see men where because of the respect and the freedom they get and how much they love that woman, that is why some men, and they end up getting married earlier and they don't end up waiting forever. So it's always funny to me when I see the memes and it'll be something like, you know, showing a man who's like in his 50s, 60s, 70s, or 80s. And it's like, oh, now I'm finally ready to settle down. In our minds, it's thinking, oh, okay, men always want to wait to the last minute to get married. But again, we have a lot to do with this at the end of the day. And if we can just understand men, it's like I would, we would see so many more happy, healthy, holy, successful, enlightened relationships at the end of the day. Okay. We think men are afraid of commitment, but they're not. Men are just afraid of either committing too early or committing to the wrong woman. And the only reason they would be afraid of committing too early is if there's a chance it's the wrong woman. Because we've heard some of the horror stories, right? Like I know how ladies can be. A lot of ladies, they'll do the most in the beginning. A lot of women doing acrobats in the bedroom when just dating or a girlfriend, but doing all of these different things just in order to get the ring and in order to get the wedding. And I've heard countless men talk about how the wife changed after the vows, how she just all of a sudden became a completely different person. She stopped doing all the other things and the real her came out. So of course, as I always say, those are women who have different issues, some things that they have not yet worked through. So they felt the need to do the most in order to get a man, but we don't have time for that. So no, men are not afraid of commitment. They're just afraid of committing to the wrong woman. And a man needing respect and freedom, again, it makes sense because then we also see like all the scriptures, how wives are repeatedly told not to nag, how we're told to ensure that we submit the whole nine. And these are things that show that you respect him as a man and that you respect his role. I can go on and on and on. But women need instructions and directions because there are some things that we don't quite understand. And then if we're honest as well, you know, and especially black women, when I, I did the podcast, however long ago about why black women struggle with love and romance, because then, you know, of course, when you look at the statistics, as far as, you know, the amount of us that are affected by uh, broken home syndrome and daddy issues and mama trauma and abandonment issues, the whole nine, those are things that we end up you know, that women end up taking with them 
that black women end up possessing and taking with them into, you know, their dating life or whatever, and things are not working well. So a lot of times you end up hearing the pastor talk about stuff in church and you get frustrated. But it's like, I always say a woman who is healed and whole and good to go, you're not going to get upset if it doesn't apply to you at the end of the day. It, you just, you, you just, you won't, you just, you won't care. So a lot of times the instructions and directions, just understand it can literally change your dating strategies and your love life. Like I work with women who want a man at the end of the day, right? Like single women that are ready to love and they want a relationship. However, a lot of times more help is needed because they're not prepared for what it is they're praying for. I always say you have to know you, know your needs and know what it is you offer. So don't, don't, don't go into it. Don't be annoyed anymore. Don't get frustrated. All right. When you hear all of these things and it's like, oh, another conference for women and another, maybe you're the one who doesn't need help. Maybe you're the one that's, that's good to go. If you're like, well, why aren't the men being told all of this stuff? We're just going to have a whole lot of ready women out here. No, there are a lot of great men out there who are ready to. I know we always hear the stories about the bad ones, but there are some amazing men out there. Some great men, some men who are ready to settle down, some men who are in love with God, and they are going to treat you in a way that you never even thought you could and would be treated. But you still have to understand them because there are going to be those times, and even that would happen in my relationship. I'm like, as much as I like, how do you not understand this? Why do you do this? That, and it's like, okay, Coach V, like sometimes I have to coach myself where it's like, you already know how men are. Why, why are you, why are you even beating yourself up with all this foolishness? Like, and I have to bring myself back down, control my emotions. I always say pace, right? Pause and control your emotions. I have to pace myself and then realize you're dealing with a man. He is a great man. He is an amazing man. You are highly in love with him, but he's still a man and you already know how they get down and how they operate. So the next time you hear pastor going on and on, grin and bear it, because truth be told, it's also shown that women need a little bit more encouragement sometimes. We thrive off a lot of times just learning and hearing stuff as well. So now if your pastor is rude, condescending or disrespectful with the approach, then that's different. And if they seem sexist and it's like as if women have all the issues and are the main source of the problem, that's different. But I just want you to know that we are the weaker vessels. We're still considered equal and we have the power. Keep that in mind at the end of the day, all right? We are the weaker vessels. We are still considered equal and we have the power, all right? You already know what time it is, ladies. I'm the New Love Strategist. I'm a coach who is here to help you win. Again, products and services mentioned can be found at newthinglifecoaching.com. The classes tab will take you to my teaching platform where you can enroll and dwell to and or maximize. And of course, let's stay connected while you're at the site. Subscribe to stay in the know. It'll also lead you to the social media platforms. You can also subscribe to this podcast no matter what platform you're listening. It's on Podbean, Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple as Freedom Reigns, all right? Um, you'll always be alerted of new episodes. You can also see the podcast tab there on um, new, at newthinglifecoaching.com. I do the new motivation on Monday afternoons and then weekly episodes air either on Wednesdays or Thursdays. God bless those of you that are sponsors and that financially support this podcast as well, okay? Ladies, of course, if you are not already, join the Sash Tribe on Facebook, my private group. It is where I provide affirmations, motivation, inspiration, tips, videos, the whole nine. And in closing, I just want you to be blessed. Have a fantastic day. And remember, I, you, we, we all, right? We are going to win. We will win 
at love. That's just how it goes. Y'all be blessed.